Welcome to the Dreaming Big Podcast, where we talk about how to move from feeling stuck and stagnant in your life to accessing your dreams and passions. This is the place to make space for those big and often uncomfortable emotions without judgment or conditions so you can figure out what you want to be doing instead. I'm your host, Allison Gomez, licensed marriage and family therapist in California. Now, before we get started, this podcast is not meant to be a replacement for therapy, nor is it meant to be used for mental health, medical, or psychiatric treatment. If you are needing assistance, go to therapyden.com or inclusivetherapists.com to find a therapist in your area. Now, if you would like to work with me, you can go to healingwithgroup.com. Welcome back. Um, in light of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, I am going to be talking about your therapy process and why it's important to know that your therapist is not neutral because this is super important. There is this idea that therapists are supposed to be understanding and compassion in order for you to heal past traumas and wounds. And that is true. That is one of like the cornerstones of our profession that we provide this confidential space for you to be safe regardless of whatever the content that comes out. 100% true. However, kind of like the rest of society, oppression's also in this field. And it does bleed into the therapy room. And it does bleed into therapy groups. It, it bleeds into therapy. So the more you're able to kind of look for what you're looking for in needing a therapist the higher the chances that you'll be able to be safe in the therapy room, even if it doesn't always feel like a perfect fit. Because again, there's this idea that all therapists are kind of the same. They can perform the same things when that is not necessarily true. And if this can help you like maybe weed out some of them that could potentially harm you, I say that's a win. That doesn't always mean that this means you're going to find the one that's the perfect fit. But I hate it when clients go into therapy And their therapist is the one that hurts them. And then they get turned off from the whole field because it's hard navigating. And that is really true. Like the struggle in trying to find a therapist that's a good fit, that understands your struggle, that understands like maybe your particular intersecting identities and how that impacts, that can be really hard. So I guess let's get into this and start talking about how therapy isn't really neutral, how it really shouldn't be neutral and how by pretending to be neutral it can also be hurting you in a variety of ways so one the first thing first being neutral in therapy doesn't sound as beneficial as you think like for you as a client it doesn't always benefit you because there's always some kind of bias that your therapist has like, for example, and I, and I think maybe it's because I'm neurodivergent and I can think things very literal. Um, one of the things I see in like Facebook groups is like, hey, we have to make space and be where the client is. And if they're, let's say, sexist, then we just have to accept that. And I'm not like denying that, like you meet your clients where they're at. But there's also this notion of like, that means you can't touch it. You can't challenge it because that's going into politics. And now you're pushing your agenda of you know, let's challenge internalized misogyny. Whereas when people come into therapy, therapists are very not neutral. They have a side on, on certain things. Like for me as a therapist, I'm not going to let you bully yourself. 
So if you have internalized isms and you're using um, negative statements about yourself, and I'm talking about like you truly judging yourself, like you being an asshole to yourself, I'm going to point that out. But I'm also not going to be like, hey, stop it. It's going to be like, hmm, what's really going on? And just kind of using that as like the seed for exploring some other issues. Because to truly be neutral, then I would have to be okay with all of the negative self-talk and whatnot. No, all, most majority of therapists are going to, they're going to call that out in a very therapeutic way, of course, but they're going to call it out. So even on this like symptom level, therapists aren't as neutral as you think. And that also kind of goes into like this bigger area of bigger area of human rights um which kind of goes into my second point your therapist is a person and they have their own beliefs um regardless of whether it's like leaning more conservative or more progressive or whatever and they and because of those beliefs that's going to impact the way that they behave in the therapy room and out in the world so like where I'm from, there's a lot of like Christian therapists, which is fine. Like what ofs? Um, but if you're not Christian or you don't share the same values, or if that's not one of the bigger pieces of your life, then a lot of that Christianity is still going to impact you because they're still going to show up as a Christian. They might recite Bible verses or there's certain, certain morals that they're going to point out. What ups? Which again, not a problem if you're a Christian therapist and not a problem if you're a Christian and you want a Christian therapist, but this is what I mean. Like in terms of when you're looking for a therapist, you're wanting to find someone whose values are more aligned with yours because if they're not, then it can cause problems. So like, for example, I'm going to talk about one time I was looking for a therapist. Um, so I remember one time when I was looking for a therapist, like many moons ago that, you know, I'm going in and I go through my insurance list and I find one. I schedule an appointment. I show up. I pay the copay or whatever. And for our first session, you know, I'm in his office and we're talking. And there's all this God stuff around the room. Like there were crosses and Bible verses and those kind of things. And now, if you didn't know, I- I'm atheist. So that's not really my jam. Like I grew up ca- like Catholic. And I was a very horrible Catholic, as my friends and also my clients know. Like, I was the kind of Catholic kid that showed up to catechism because I got pizza and I got a super cool dress, which it was, you know, for the 90s. Um, But that was the kind of, that's clearly was the priority. It wasn't because of, like, God. So even though this therapist doesn't necessarily talk about God, just the fact that this room is very, like, God-like gave me an indication of, okay, this person may not understand what I'm experiencing because this is clearly probably more for somebody who is more in touch with their religion and whatnot. So again, not like they did anything wrong. It's just more of values because he was not neutral in terms of religion. He showed what religion he believed in and that is okay. But that is the point. The point is all therapists have their own beliefs And they take those beliefs into session. I am very much like a progressive individual. I like to think so. 
And so I like to question, I like to challenge, like, hmm, that seems problematic. And so I bring that into the therapy room. It, it looks a little bit different. I kind of explore, like, what does that mean to you to have this belief? What does it mean to you that society has this belief and, you know, it contradicts yours and whatnot? Now, it becomes a problem when their own set of beliefs, if they're lacking awareness. Um, because if they're, like, let's say someone who is more conservative who has more conservative values and they're not really aware of how that of how that shows up in the room then they're not going to be able to take accountability for when it does show up and if it hurts anybody because or not if when it hurts somebody because there's a lot of conservative beliefs that you know it hurt like oppress people so that kind of gets into my third point of when therapists say that they're more neutral than they actually are, it can lead to those therapists siding with the oppressor, especially if you're like marginalized in any way. So like based on their beliefs, that's going to impact how they engage in the community. And I see this a lot in like therapist Facebook groups where, you know, they there's this idea of like, oh, let's remain neutral and I'm here and supportive for all people. But you know what? I was celebrating when Roe v. Wade passed, you know? Um, and there's this contradiction of how are you supposed to be supporting your community and supporting your clients when you're also actively engaging in behaviors that support oppressing them? So, you know, individuals who are anti therapists who are anti like LGBTQIA plus rights, they may see people who are trans or bi or gay, and they may be able to pull off being neutral enough in session, but then they leave the group and they, you know, provide funding for organizations that are trying to strip away their rights. So, it can be really confusing when your therapist is also part of the group of people who's actively trying to hurt you. Maybe not directly, but in, in indirect ways. Um, and not only that, if they're not aware of how their beliefs impact like their relationship, it can also hurt you in the room as well, like directly by microaggressions. If and I, and I can recall times where I engage microaggressions and like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Is that, is that the same? Yeah, I hope it is. If not, whatevs. Um, and the goal isn't that therapists will never, ever, ever engage in a microaggression. Ther again, therapists are people. They have their own internalized shit as well. But I guess it's, are you working through it? And then when you make a mistake, how do you try to make repairs? How do you, uh, you know mend the damage that happened because there can be a lot of healing when repairs when damage happens and you can make those repairs so it is not about that like oh let's cancel these therapists it's more like if you're not willing to do your own internal work it'll be easier for a therapist like as a therapist to engage in harm not take accountability and then gaslight because of whatever. So like, I remember with past therapists, 
you know, my own personal experience when I was, would I talk about like, Hey, you know, I'm someone who was struggling with disordered eating or have a history of poor body image or whatever. Um, and then engaging in anti, like, in like fat phobic comments, you know, and I was in a de- better place. So it didn't like completely throw me off, but it was like, Hmm, if I was more vulnerable, I would have been hurt by this. And I don't know if I would have been able to like share that with you as the therapist. Like, because I was already a therapist, I kind of knew what to look for or not look for. But if I was like new to getting therapy or new to seeking out help, it would feel really uncomfortable and calling out like, hmm, that's not okay. So that is why it's so important for us to want to acknowledge that therapists really aren't as neutral. And to, with that, what are they doing to make sure that their beliefs aren't hurting you both inside and outside of the room? So... I know we kind of covered a lot in terms of like how they can hurt, how their beliefs can show up. So what can you do? Because again, it's not about like find the most neutral. It's about finding someone who can be objective for you so you can meet your therapy goals, even if sometimes it's a roundabout way. So the way I view it is if somebody comes into my came on to me as a client and this really wouldn't be the case anymore but like when I used to like not be in charge of who was on my schedule like new clients if their values conflict with with mine like sure fine like I worked with people who were Christians and like I, you, you work with it. it's not a big deal however if I noticed somebody was engaging in like sexist behaviors or comments or whatnot then it's again it's kind of exploring like my goal is to help you have a healthy relationship with yourself and others. And it's hard to have healthy relationships if you are putting down other people because of their sex or their sexuality or their gender identity or whatever. So you are, in fact, the person who's hurting. If this was you going around kicking people, then we would be addressing, hey, what do we need to do so you can stop hurting people through kicks? In my head, it's exactly the same. So, but I'm also very upfront about things like that. Like on my website, you can see stuff like that. Like, hey, I'm very anti-oppression. So it's not about having a therapist that's just completely bland, neutral, whatever. It's about, can you find somebody who's going to understand your needs based on their values? Um, so here are some questions you can ask. Um, some of the things you can ask is like, and also... Even if you ask a question, that doesn't mean that they have to answer, but the way they respond can give you a better idea of how they are going to, you know, how your interaction is going to be because very much like, I feel like it's a little bit like dating in the sense that when you're meeting a new therapist, you ask questions, they may say all the right answer. And then maybe you have your first session and you're like, oh no. So, um, if you ask more than just like the traditional questions like oh what kind of therapy do you do how do you how do you help people like me or whatever you might be able to get a better feel so with that said here here are some questions that you can ask like how do you challenge or address oppression in therapy and outside of therapy because again this is really important if your therapist is seeing you and they say I support you and I'm accepting of you and unconditionally and that is really important for therapy are they also accepting of you unconditionally once they leave the therapy room or are they supporting candidates that are actively trying to like take away your rights? Because if they are, then they may not actually be safe for you. And when I say maybe, probably like not. 
Um, also, like, what do you do if you make a mistake by engaging in a microaggression or a macroaggression? Because again, no therapist is perfect. I know I made mistakes. I know I will probably continue making mistakes. But the goal is how do you take accountability and make repairs so you can move forward? So kind of asking them and kind of seeing how comfortable they are with that. If they're like, oh, well, I don't engage in things like that or then that's a big red flag. But if they're able to acknowledge, hey, this is what I have, this is what I've done in the past, then maybe, then maybe that might be a good sign. Again, you're going to have to get a feel for it. Um, you can also ask, like, how does religion or any other beliefs impact the way that you do therapy? Like I told you, um, I'm atheist. And even though I'm atheist, I totally can work with people who are Christian. But I'm very much in with this, I practice therapy from a very much like an anti-oppression view. So I talk about that and it's on my website. So I try to make sure people are very clear. This is how I view like mental health. Um, but if you, and, and it's not a problem if your therapist has religious beliefs, it's just how did, how does it impact therapy and does it work with the way that you want to be seen as like by your therapist? And kind of like I said, the goal is not to make sure that they have all the like quote unquote right answers, but it's really just to kind of get a feel on these topics. How comfortable are they? Um, and if they're not comfortable or you notice any red flags, something that makes you feel like, hmm, I don't know. I don't really like that answer. That feels a little off. Then this might be a sign that you're not a good fit, which is fine because finding a therapist is hard enough as it is. If you don't, if you can avoid having some bad quote unquote, like first dates with therapists, then like all the better. So you can get closer to the therapist that will be a good fit that will be able to take you to where you need. So as we wrap up, I want to emphasize therapists are not as neutral as they say they are, which depending how they take accountability for that can either lead to like continuously oppressing you especially if you're marginalized and gaslighting your experiences in the therapy room. But it can also mean that you're going to be able to feel seen and heard because they're going to understand how all these different intersecting identities and experiences are impacting you as a person. Like better seeing all of you. Because you know what? You deserve to be supported. You deserve to be safe with your therapist. And... And safe with the therapist who truly supports you, not just in this role as a helper, but also in their, as a person in the community, because it's not okay for therapists to be supporting policies and laws that actively hurt you while also treating your mental health. So I'm going to, I'm going to share one other story I remember one time when in graduate school, I had a lot of anxiety because I got a lot of criticism when I was in receiving training and, and it was normal because there was a lot of eyes on me at all time. And I'm pretty much just like, I can do no right. So literally everything I did, there, there was something wrong. They thought they were giving me constructive criticism, but at that point they were just like overwhelming me. Um, I don't know if it was ever meant to be constructive. I, I think it was more meant to intimidate and be abusive, but that's a, that's another conversation. But either way, so I was getting all these, all this criticism, and it was overwhelming, and 
what happened was they said, Hey, I noticed you're anxious. You should go to therapy. Maybe you can work on that. And it blew my mind because it's like, well, the reason I'm getting anxious is because you guys are overly criticizing me and giving me stuff that's really is not helpful and kind of putting me in a corner. But yeah, sure. Let's go to therapy because that's going to be the thing that helps. Right. I feel like this is very similar in the sense that, hey, you're here seeing me as a therapist. But once I leave this room, I'm going to go back to like doing things to completely oppress you and take away your rights. So you can't like exist as you are because there's something wrong with you. Like it just doesn't work. So oppression very much impacts mental health. I mean, that's it. Oppression very much impacts mental health. So thank you for joining me today. And until next time. Toodles. If you have enjoyed today's podcast and are ready to take the leap to embrace your emotions and trust yourself so you can start dreaming, go to healingwithgroup.com. Make sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode drops. You can also follow me on Instagram at Allison Gomez LMFT.